This is Ross Coulthard, and you are listening to That UFO Podcast. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to That UFO Podcast. And joining me for this special update representing the 7th District of Missouri, I have Congressman Eric Burleson. Eric, welcome to the podcast. It's great to be on. Very good to speak to you. Um, I don't think you've done too many of these podcasts yet, so uh, I'm glad to have you. It's been really good getting this this set up, and thank you to Ben for helping me get that done. Uh, now, you have given me permission to call you Burley, um, but I did say that uh, with the accent, that is going to be absolutely brutal for anyone listening to it, but I do appreciate that. Eric, listen, um, we've got a limited time, and I've got a lot to ask you, and I want to try and do this justice for the, the listeners and viewers who appreciate you being involved in the UFO UAP topic as you have been. And I just want to know, um, you've been involved in the topic now from a public point of view for people like myself from the hearings in July 2023. What was your kind of first incline from a political point of view? There was something worth dedicating your time to in Congress on the subject. Yeah, I would say that I've always been fascinated by the topic. Um, and, and I've always had a mistrust of government. So when you combine the two of those, that's kind of my where my position is rooted from. Um, I've always had a fascination with science and with uh, aerospace and space in general. Um, as a kid, I studied you know what I could. I, in fact, I've, I've attempted to read books on quantum mechanics. And as best as I can without being uh, going to college in that subject, it's just, it's something that fascinates me. And so um, I never thought in a million years when I ran for Congress that that would, that, that this topic would be one that I could be involved with. Um, being, you know, being elected official is one where you, um, most of the topics are not this interesting. So to me, this, this subject matter is kind of the icing on the cake. It's a very interesting topic, but I, I, I think that it fits within my wheelhouse. My background, I was a software engineer and a um, project manager in the IT industry, in addition to being an investment advisor. And so I, I come to things with a little bit more of an analytical perspective or uh, within the UFO uh, or the UAP caucus, I'm probably the most skeptical uh, person when it comes to whether or not what we're seeing is is extraterrestrial. And so that's kind of the perspective that I come from. So you mentioned, obviously, you're an elected official. People go out and vote for you to do a job for them um, in the United States, obviously Missouri. Where does the UAP issue sit, not only for you, but for the voters? Because a lot of folks see this as a touchy subject and a potential career killer, maybe more so in the past. Is it something you're comfortable discussing at that level for a lengthy period of time? Yeah, I, I, I'm not losing my wits on the topic. You know, I, I think I'm coming about it from a very analytical perspective and really focused on what the taxpayers should be concerned with. America as a system is supposed to be from the, is led from the bottom. The rights of, of the political power is derived from the people. And really, I'm just a steward of their political power. I'm a steward of their political power, including their rights and including their tax dollars. And it's, it's inappropriate 
you just like you would be you would be appalled if your banker was misusing your funds in, in the bank for some other purpose and not telling you about it. In the same way, the American people, the American taxpayer deserves to know what their dollars are being used for and what their government is doing. Ironically, our banks in the UK did, and they all got away with it with a massive bailout. Um, so yeah, that's that's just how these things tend to roll. Um, do you have much backlash or positive or negative reaction from those voters when you're discussing and spending so much time on the UFO topic? Yeah, I, I get, um, oftentimes it's met, I'll, we, I will see people, they'll bring up other issues and then they will smile and they'll bring up this issue. And I've never had anybody that's upset that I'm in part of the, uh, part of the effort that's investigating it. And again, I come from an analytical perspective. I, I'm not, during the hearing, I don't know if you recall, but I'm one that's, that directly said, I, I think that you're going to have to show me because that's the state for, that I'm from. I'm from Missouri. That's our slogan, the show me yeah. state. But you're going to have to show me before I believe that or, or give me some level of evidence, facts, data, um, you know, things that I can see and touch before I, before I buy in to what government is is saying. I I think that I'm I'm leery that this might be a psyop that uh, the, the information that they're presenting is is being controlled and, and done so in a way to deceive the American people and, and put them on a, a wild goose chase. That's certainly a possibility. So for me, I come about this from a perspective where I want to get to the bottom of it. So let me take you on a very quick journey through some of your comments over the last, say, six months since the hearing. Um, and again, thank you for doing what you've done because it's it's been very incredibly useful. Um, just after those hearings on News Nation, you were on with Elizabeth Vargas and you said to her at the time Congress was denied the skiff to get Grush in, uh, David Grush, to talk to. And you and your colleagues were hoping to get the attorneys involved. Is a skiff with David Grush in attendance something that's still on the radar for the near future? Yeah, it, it absolutely is with me. And um, I, I still keep in contact with Grush. He's been helpful to what extent that he can. Uh, but I want to get, I want to provide that opportunity for him to be, be able to speak freely in the skiff. I think it's a shame that his security clearance was pulled from him and that he was, uh, and I, I think that's one of the evidences of that there's a this um, culture of hostility towards individuals who want to talk about these topics. Um, but I want to see him come be able to come into the skiff. I directly asked um, the people that could do it uh, if they would be able to get give clearance for that. And so that request is still pending. And I wonder what are some of the key progress that's been made since then for you? Obviously, you were denied the skiff. Timber Shett said as much during the hearing as well. Um, so for you, what are some of the key progress you've been pleasantly surprised about that's came about? I think that even though we have not gotten the information that I think what, what some people want to see, right? The sexy information, yep. uh, the biologics or the images or anything like that. Um, it's just understanding the process has enlightened me quite a bit. And, and, um, 
and confirmed some of the allegations that Grush has made during the, his hearing. Allegations that the federal government is withholding information from Congress, federal government is over-compartmentalizing, that, they are, um, that there's a culture of backlash. And so it makes one think if, if Grush is accurate and correct on those things that he testified in the hearing, then what else is he correct about? What else is he not, you know, being truthful about? Um, another statement you made. Uh, so an article on Missouri Net, which is dated the 21st of August last year with Marshall Griffin, you said, and I'll quote, uh, in my opinion, it's either angels or man-made. I think the most likely explanation is that it's man-made. And I wonder, given your whirlwind exposure to the UAP topic in that time, does that statement still reflect your current opinion? Yeah, probably even more so. So, and let me clarify, because that sounds confusing to some people. So here, here's what I mean by that. When I read Grush's report that was that's public that anyone can read, in the report, he described that one of the theories is that the that what we're encountering are beings that are extra dimensional or interdimensional, meaning that, and he used the, the holographic theory that um, as though we're living on a, like we're living on a two-dimensional surface being encountered by a three-dimensional object. Well, in this case, we're living in a three-dimensional um, uh, environment and we're probably, be, we could be in, being encountered by something that's of a higher dimension. And when it, when it does, it's not necessarily traveling. I mean, it could it could travel, but I think if something exists in a different dimension, then it then space time difference, you know, the distance does may become irrelevant at that point. What I what I think is the least likely probability is that we are being visited by um, some alien race from another planet that is light years away. I know in the hearing I flubbed and I said you know, thousands of light years. What I meant to say is thousands, millions, trillions, billions of miles away yeah. and light year, or light years away from us, right? Wh whatever you want to call it, it's a long way. It's a really long way to anywhere and it's a long way in any direction. So the probability of some, some other, you know, alien race be evolving to that level and then, then deciding to, of all places, come this direction and then, as I said in the hearing, they've got the technology to get here and invest all that time to get here and energy to get here. And then they crash. I just I don't buy it. Um, I do think that the extra dimensional theory is intriguing to me. But again, I'd have to see more. I'd have to see something to make me believe that it's true. I do think, though, that it's more likely um, at least unless someone can give me evidence otherwise, I think it's more likely that it would be something extra dimensional than it would be within this dimension. And then, and so what I'll say is that when you start talking about things in, a, in, a, in that nature, that they're extra dimensional, well, in, in a lot of different scriptures, including the, you know, the, the Bible the, and others, that's, that's really the way that you describe uh, messengers of God or, you know, angels. And so uh, they may not be, may not uh, fit exactly the biblical narrative, but whenever I use the term angels, to me, it's, 
it's synonymous with an extra dimensional uh, being. Um, but, but the most likely, in my opinion, the most likely thing is that what we're seeing, again, I, I do not discount. I think that what's being recorded visually, what's being seen and, and what we're hearing testimony from pilots, I think, I don't, I think they're actually seeing things. And I think that that evidence, there's plenty of evidence of these objects that we don't know what they are. What I don't want to, what, but I think the most likely conclusion is may not be as what everyone wants to hear, but it may very well be that it's technology that's being developed and researched or including potentially propulsion, new propulsion technology you know, here's, here's what I say whenever I talk about that topic, is that we discovered the Higgs boson particle, what, 10 years ago? It was discovered. We discovered the Higgs field, which is really the field that, for gravity, and the particle, which is a wave function within that field. And if you think about it, not long after they discovered nuclear fission, did they invent the nuclear bomb, Okay. That's where scientists took theory and converted it into function. And I, I just can't imagine that we've not been able to capitalize or that our private sector industry or the, the, you know, the scientific community has not been able to determine ways in which to manipulate the Higgs field. Let me just ask in wrapping up, uh, from that skiff on the 12th of January, was there information that you and your colleagues heard that you believe the U.S. public, but also the the larger public worldwide, should be hearing. There's nothing that that I've heard that was not. I will say this: what the public probably wants wants to hear is, that would be interest of interest to the public was in the David Grush here. Sure, was the testimony of David Grush and the testimony of the pilots. There's nothing that other than process and things that that occur within the bureaucracy that are things that we've that i've heard um that i can't elaborate on but um but it does but i think we're going to continue um and try to follow every lead that we've been given so safe to say what was in the skiff was lending weight and credibility more so to david grush's claims and for you and your colleagues those go from being claims or wild claims to to real substance yeah I, I would say that to 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 put it to try to be clear there's there's some validation of his of claims on process that in the process that it's difficult to get information to members of congress or that it, information is being withheld i think that that's been proven i think it's proven uh, prima facially, the fact that, that we are having a difficult time getting this information and we're seeking it proves that claim. In addition, you know, I think that it's been proven his, what he said, that it's, the information is being compartmentalized and that, and that the information is, um, um, you know, that there's a culture of fear and intimidation around this. So I think that that his claims about those are pretty bold claims, but they've, in my mind, been validated enough that it makes me wonder, uh, you know, what else of his claims are true.
And one final question from me before I let you go. What are the next steps you and your colleagues in the caucus are now going to take to push this further forward? We've got some further leads that we've received from within the SCIF and outside of the SCIF that we're going to be investigating. Excellent. Well, Congressman Burleson, or Burley, as I'll now know you going forward, thank you very much for your time. It's been a pleasure speaking with you. And again, thank you for all the work you've done so far on the UAP topic. Thank you. Reach out anytime. That is all for this episode. Thank you very much for tuning in. Don't forget to leave the podcast a review on your chosen platform. Apple and Spotify do make a huge difference to the algorithm. If you're checking the show on YouTube, please don't forget to like and leave a comment on here as well. Any sharing you do is very much appreciated on any social media platform. And finally, you can listen to shows ad-free and sponsor-free in their glorious full versions by subscribing for less than the price of a coffee on Apple, Spotify, just search That UFO Podcast Premium. YouTube, you can sign up and be a member or you can do that through patreon.com. Thank you very much for listening, folks. It wasn't a tic-tac and not quite a saucer, more like a hubcap designed by Chaucer, a little baroque and quite steampunk, like Alice was playing bass for the Parliament of Folk. The little fucker hovered right outside of my window, and when I shoved out the screen, he made it an issue. I don't think he expected me to see his ass, but I'd had some champagne and smoked a little more ass.